0: Hello, fabulous friends, fans, and superstars. Welcome to Synchronicity Web TV. I am your host, Nadia Shaw, and this is your moment of Synchronicity. Well, I'm so excited to celebrate with you today, Victoria Almiroti. Now, Victoria and I are really meeting for the first time. I've talked with her a little bit off camera, and she is brilliant and fun. And so I know I'm going to have a lot of fun celebrating her and learning all about children's astrology charts together with you. And it is Victoria that is coming to Synchronicity University as part of the March 2024 speaker series, where she's going to teach about children's astrology charts as well. So there's lots to learn here as she talks about three big celestial events that happen that transition us into teenagehood uh and i'm looking forward to reflecting on my teenagehood uh through victoria now so victoria welcome thank you for being here thank you nadia thank
1: you for welcoming me. thank you for finding me <laughs> thank you for reaching out and it's lovely synchronicity to, to meet you and to your fabulous audience like it's like saying the fabulous uh, pupils and to students i love that
0: yes i you know it's interesting because that was like something I started saying from the very first videos I posted 15 years ago, just over 15 years ago. And it's because that's how I literally talk. Like I would literally when I'd walk down the street and I'd see a friend, I'd say, you know, hello, fabulous, Michael, and all of that. So it was the most natural thing. And I love how it's resonated with people. And even you here were like, fabulous, fabulous. I love that. I'm so happy that, that you
1: find interesting children's natal charts. Why, why do you think, Why? Why? how do you feel attracted to that, that area of astrology?
0: Well, it's really interesting because we want to empower people with astrology, usually most astrologers, at least that I know. But then you think about how children are... Um, they're so untapped into right it's like clay it's like this uh silly putty as we say where they really can be anything so there's always this balance between um guiding people so that they can be better parents to their children because normally children themselves don't come to astrologers but at the same time, you want to guide them, but you don't want to say, oh boy, watch out, this kid, when he turns 18, this is what's going to happen, it's going to be really spooky. You don't want to do that either. Um, And I know it's like that for all of us, like at any age as astrologers, we want to empower people. But especially with parents, when it is that they're trying to tap into astrology to help their children, um, it becomes that much more important. So that's one part of it. And the other part of it is just, thinking about my own childhood, right? If you're looking at children's astrology, looking at the chart from the perspective of, you know, how was I tapping into this when I was 12 years old? What happened to me? And it's fascinating to consider that as well.
1: Yeah, well, the two things that you mentioned that are very, very important. Uh, children, and especially teenagers whom I love, I adore that face uh, now that I understand it more deeply, uh, it's, uh, they are full of potential. No? Children and teenagers are, everything's possible. Possible, like you say, they are clay. No, everything is possibility. No, they are pure and neuro, uh, neuroplastic. They are very neuroplastic. No, um, they, 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 they have. There's no. There's everything is yes. Everything is maybe. You no, know? you know everything is possible already. And then on the other side um every um it's very important to consider that if you're going to talk someone about uh, themselves as a child or to people about or parents or people that work with children very important that Especially if they are, if it's a niece or if it's a daughter, or a son, um to be very careful and positive and focus on the positive, you know, because children. Are, I'm a mom of two boys now, 16 and 13. My my teachers, they are my teachers, and um, I've been astrologer since before, but I co- I focus on children's astrology since I became a mother and I became obsessed. Oh, can I see your 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 boys' natal chart? Can I see your twins' natal chart? Can you see? <laughs> I can give you feedback. You give me your information and I can give you feedback on them oh your your son or daughter is so athletic or so whatever creative and, and and I have you know a file of of all almost all of the I am a pest you know of all the children that cross my life and so uh, I found so much interesting things but always very important uh, as a psychologist and uh, as an astrologer um Focus on the positive always with children and with parents, you know, focus on the positive. Because as you said, you cannot tell them, oh, watch out, at 18, Pluto is going to reach the his Aquarius moon. No, 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 no. No, we don't. <laughs> so if you're going to give that kind of information, you have to be able to give a, some answer or, or some constructive approach, a constructive approach, tools to the person. So um, if you're going to, because I prefer to be a good person rather than prove my powers as an astrologer, you know? And not be a Plutonian astrologer. I'd rather be a good person, you know? So, and, and say, don't worry, we you'll get there. <laughs> yes, and, and a lot of empathy with parents because sometimes, uh, well, I'm a Latin, I'm from Argentina, and you know, people maybe in Latin America open up very much, and they say, oh, Victoria, is it okay to feel lonely as a mother? Yes, it's okay. You know, so this this empathy is so important or sometimes I feel like I felt lonely when I was a child. Can you see that in my chart? Something wrong with me? You know, so open up yourself uh, as well. No, so it's every time I work with children, which I love and with the parents, of course, uh, it's very moving for me. It's a very and having a having children in your life, whatever form, is a great opportunity to become a better person. And every time I, I do a consultation with parents, it's an occasion for me to check up on my parenting skills, <laughs> you know, to practice what I preach, you know, to walk the talk, you no, know, or how you say it in English, you no? Know? Uh, so, but it's so funny because one of my boys thinks I'm a fairy, as I told you before, and one of my other ones thinks I, I'm a bad witch, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> it's 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 so interesting how it Oh, children can see you from a different perspective. And you never know of the plethora of things that you are as a parent, what your child will connect with. Sometimes uh, some cancer moms say, I cannot believe it. I'm a cancer. And my boy, my firstborn has a Capricorn moon. And they are, you know, <laughs> how come? Uh, and they are they are um, lowering the, the heat level, you know, putting more heat in the house. know, making their house warmer, and it's so interesting because maybe there's a new level of Capricorn in yourself that he needs to connect with. Sometimes they need to connect with your uh, Capricorn side. It's not like, oh no, I'm a bad mother, he came with a moon contact Saturn, you know, sometimes being a astrologer can be quite neurotic. you understand what I mean so or maybe you have an ease or some children in your life and you have an angular Pluto or Pluto conjunct the sun or Pluto conjunct the nodes or the moon and you feel guilty so my approach is very constructive on finding new levels and I find that very very interesting and uh, teenage years have become very very complicated you know because it teenagers know so much, have so much um, bits and bytes of information, but they don't have the experience, you know, they have the access to the information, but they don't have the knowledge and experience, but they think they know everything. Well, that entitlement is universal to teenagers, you know. But some teenagers are more persistent and more uh, flamboyant and more outrageous more uh, courageous and um what other word would you add, um uh, Nadia to
0: confident, more bold, intelligent, yeah. intellectual, bold. more book oriented, yes. more quiet. Yeah, like all the different things that different children can be. Um We can see certain inclinations in the chart for sure, but then it's also like what they do, especially with those early aspects. And I know that there are certain transits that do usher children from purely childhood into uh, the teen years. Now, I do want to also preface that by saying I was thinking about something from my 20s, right? Like like the other day, I was thinking, oh, I can't believe I did that. And then I said to myself, I was a kid. I was a child, basically, right? This is me thinking about myself in my 20s. And so I know it's kind of relative, right? But really, when you are not yet a teenager, you truly are, as we've been saying, that silly putty you truly are like showing some inclinations that show up in the chart, but it also depends on the environment that you're in and how much it supports you feeling safe to bring out certain inclinations or not because different kids will bring, bring the same archetype. Like, like for example, lots and lots of people have moon conjunct Saturn. I love that you mentioned that because I have met many a mom who has some astrological knowledge and will say, oh, my God, my kid hates me. My kid is not going to like, I'm doing this. I'm doing, right. They they think that when they see that in their kids charts, that that's not necessarily what it could mean. It could mean a few other things. But, yeah, there might be a time in that kid's life uh, when they really don't uh, when they do see their mom as a very strict principle. As I'm talking to you now, before we get into the aspects, I do want to share, you know, I just remembered something and that is, I was incredibly rebellious as a teenager. I mean, I was a rebel without a clue, as they say rebellious <laughs> like you wouldn't believe I was so rebellious like you couldn't tell me anything right and it's still like when I was a, a child or a kid I made up this song and my dad still sometimes sings this song to me and it basically is you can't control me you can't control me wow. I can't believe it now. Remember this, but I mean, I do have the Sun square Uranus in my chart. It is the dominant thing in my chart. Is my Sun square Uranus? So it's interesting how I ended up living that out by creating this song as a child, and it being the thing that just continues to stand out. So it's kind of incredible. But you know, for me, one of the many reasons I chose not to have children was because I was thinking, oh, gosh, what would I do with a teenager who was like I was as a teenager? I was like, oh, boy, I don't yeah. know how my parents did it. I really, really don't. I was, yeah, I, I was something else. So. Well, that, well, it's
1: so it's, so, it's so nice that you open up and you share that so, uh, lovely anecdote that, that now you can laugh about it, and your father loves loves you and, and loves with you. I'm sure, uh, uh, but you know, uh, it's very moving. You know, so uh, people that 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 get introduced or or um, start swimming in children's nature chart. Uh, uh, like these memories start emerging, and it's quite moving. So your chiron moves, you know, your moon moves, your memories moves, so your vulnerability moves. So it's quite growing experience. So what just happened right now is what uh, you can expect um, in this
0: type of course. Wow. yeah, and this type of reading as well, right? Like how you use these skills yeah, to get of- an understanding, the things that people remember is kind of incredible. And so I do know, as we have touched on, I know that Victoria is going to go into the really three big transits that everyone goes through right around the same age that usher someone from being a child into being a teenager and you will learn so much more from victoria at synchronicity university because she is coming as part of the march 2024 speaker series and you've got a limited time left to choose your tuition rate as well as just five dollars a class to learn from victoria and other incredible astrologers as well so let's jump in victoria uh the first aspect that i think of at 12 years old Everybody has their very first Jupiter return. So, how do you understand the first Jupiter? Yeah. Return? Well, that's very
1: important because uh, that's the debut of uh, astrology teenager years. So, as, uh, from the astrological teen, uh, point of view, teenage uh, as the, the teenage years uh, start with the Jupiter return. So, sometimes teenage years start. Uh, astrologically at 11 uh, years and a half, sometimes uh, 12 years and a and couple of months. So it, when Jupiter returns, which is an average of 12 years, but you know, it's 11.6 or sometimes a little bit more, it depends on the year. So uh, that is the first, uh, the world opens. open up. Usually the, the, the teenage goes from primary school to secondary school, school. So it really opens up completely. So in my case, uh, at that time, um, I changed from one school to another school at that at that uh, Jupiter return, and and that happened in um, in my first house, and so I needed to open up my 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 life, my world. Um, so it's well anyway. May, what I wanted to say is that the Jupiter return is like um mega synapses you know neurologically there is the you start your brain starts uh, doing more connections this is neurologically uh, proven and you are more neuroplastic and doing more uh, neurological wiring so it's crazy synapses and it's so much information and your world opens up and your mind expands and so just your action you become more courageous more daring you know more rebellious No, so and at 12 years, as every even year, you have a Mars return. So, usually it's a Mars return with a Jupiter return, and uh, may I add. Uh, the Uranus, Uranus activation because Uranus usually the planet of the of of your rule, one of the the, the more ruler of Aquarius, you know, you're as a, you're an Aquarius, no, and at a very important planet nowadays because Pluto has just entered uh, Aquarius, so Uranus uh, is in sextile with nature, Uranus, so it's your the electricity and the audacity and the daredevil now part of the and the rebellious and innovative side of the teenage is very very exacerbated, you know, and Uranus is also uh, a symbol or, or uh, yes, where you look for the neurological wiring as well, you no, know? just Mercury and Uranus in children are very important, the first transits to those planets, as well as to House 3rd and, and 11th, to see how the... Um, the neurological wiring is doing, and and how if the kid is is kinesthetic or is uh, more auditive or is more um, I don't know. Uh, some are more observant, you know, the, the, the different type of learnings. But Uranus very activated, and Jupiter uh, uh, growing, no, waxing, no, you you, you know, waxing. You say when when Jupiter is growing. Yes. Yes. Waxing. And so, um, so there you yeah, yeah. walks in in Jupiter, you know, and walks in Uranus, so rebellious, courageous, and the world is yours. So how can you regulate? How can you put a stop if your teenage uh, is out of control and it's so hard? So you need to find the Lord Saturn. Saturn uh, is going to the opposition uh, because as you may know, every multiple of seven, you know, uh, Saturn comes into position. Usually it's at 14 years old. So the worst part of the teenage years astrologically is from the Jupiter return to the Saturn opposition in transits to the natal chart. So that that gap, Jupiter return, which can be at 11 and 6 months, to Saturn opposition, Saturn, which can be from 14 to 15 and a half years old. So that interval will give you uh, the, the 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 most the challenging part for the parents. So, but that Saturn is very important because it depends where um, it is, Natalie, uh, and where is transiting to see where um, he or she will need some regulation. So the first thing. First things first, Saturn, oppos- opposition to Saturn, the teenage does not identify with the natal rules. You know, the, the the Saturn in his natal chart is by transiting opposition. So I oppose to these rules. I want another rules. <laughs> you know, so usually that rules come from outside. So as you may know, uh, Nadia, we need at least uh, 15 other adults to, to you know, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, that village is in an average of 15 other adults because if mom and dad are not having a good day, we need other people. (laughs) Yes, we need teachers. We need uh, sports uh, mentors, tutors. Uh, We need a lot of of help. We need neighbors. We need other parents. We we need family if we have them. So uh, that Saturn usually comes from school, you know, the director of some teacher. You know, usually it's not... Uh, you yourself that they respect the most or they first have to corroborate outside to see if what mama and dad are saying is good or bad. Uh, Anyway, working on that Saturn transit, seeing where does your child needs the regulation and where is he finding the limit will help you uh, put more consciousness and understand. And understanding the natural Saturn of your child, understand how limit goes if he if he or she has a saturn in water element, so it's more emotional the limit no you can you can feel you need to connect with the feelings if it's in air, you need to talk. Uh, And with with earth, be very practical and very consistent. And with fire, well, you have to put your body and, okay, if you raise a little bit your your voice or maybe uh, you can run a race with him or her, you know, like put some... Fire to that Saturn. So there are different. Uh, I give lots of examples of this of how can you help your child um, grasp their Saturn so that they don't stray or go too far, you know, in their um, in the, their rebellions. Okay, in your case, inadia, because you turn out to be a great innovator, and you are for me the first astrologer that 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 was like a huge success in in youtube no you were the first youtuber astrologer or not
0: um there were a few of us at the very beginning yeah, there were but um i mean i don't know exactly when and whom was the technically first i do remember that i was sharing and there really weren't many astrologers and then at some point after about a year or two, I remember there were a few more of us, but we we kind of knew each other. We were kind of communicating. Um, and then it's just continued from there. And I know that I have had um, acknowledgments, right? I've been recognized as, um, as someone who tapped into this brand new platform, uh, this new way of sharing astrology. And when I started doing it, it was just so different and weird. Like it was, I mean, for lack of a better way of putting it, I remember somebody saying to me, wow, it's a really different way of delivering astrology. Like, it's just something that hasn't really been done before thought of before. And at that point, I was already, you know, doing quite a bit. Um, Horoscopes, yes, but interviews as well online. So I think that there were probably a few of us, not just in astrology, but new age topics in general, who probably recognized that that potential or, uh, you know, that could be there. Uh, for me, I just remember, I just wanted to empower myself. I just wanted to do something. I wanted to share. I felt like I had so much to give as an astrologer. I wanted to inspire people. And so, yeah, I remember my first videos went up in 2008. And so really, back then, really, there was a very small handful. So I don't know who Pluto was the first
1: one. Pluto and Capricorn. First.
0: Pluto would have just entered Capricorn. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think that was when the potential of what this could be professionally started showing up for, for people, which is why those of us who are kind of sensitive to energies probably picked up on it.
1: And you, if you don't mind telling your moon sign, your moon in Sagittarius. And, oh yes. I tell a lot of I would teach parents that. <laughs> yeah. I love your moon. And, um, so uh, the moon is what yes or yes will happen in your life. So you are a moon in Sagittarius. So yes or yes, you are going to be a teacher, and yes and yes, you are going to travel, and and yes and yes, you you if you believe in other lives, uh, the moon is usually what we remember for previous lifetimes, and so you you have a very uh, on the tip of your of yourself the the teacher that you must have been before
0: yeah i mean i think about a few things one thing that comes to mind when you say that with the sag moon i remember my aunt when i first became fascinated with spanish right so um you said that you were from argentina and you know those people who watch me know i love to travel But it was in the end of 2012, the end of the Mayan calendar, I went to Mexico. And I remember being in Mexico and everywhere I went, I heard a particular song. And I mean, I loved the people. I loved the culture. It was wonderful. It wasn't the easiest trip, right? But those trips worth taking, those journeys worth taking aren't always the smoothest. But yeah, there was this song everywhere. So when I got home on January 1st, 2023, 2013, rather, I remember thinking, okay, if I heard that song everywhere, it must be popular. So I started searching actually on YouTube. I started searching, and then I heard this song, and it was a song by Daddy Yankee. And when I heard this song, I had a a spiritual experience when I heard this song, and I felt So sure, like I had to go back to Mexico, that I had some karma there and I had to be there to resolve it. And I didn't know if it was going to take a month or a year or 10 years, but I had to go find out. And I had to learn this language. And I just became so fascinated with the language and and Daddy Yankee's music, really, my Spanish really comes from his his reggaeton, his music, right? And so I (laughs) share this because... I remember Amazing. my
1: aunt... So you're, kinesthetic. you're
0: kinesthetic. Yeah, right, exactly. Like, ah. But my aunt, I remember at the time when I first started wanting to learn Spanish and I said to her, oh my God, I really want to learn, but oh, it feels so big. It's a whole other language. I could, my brain, I could feel it working when I was trying to learn a new language. And I remember she said to me, don't think of it as learning something new. Think of it as remembering what is already within you just bringing forward that knowledge and that wisdom and i understood what she meant because she and i have talked about past lives a lot over the years and she's really encouraged wow. that and so it is so interesting to me as someone who's traveled extensively now loves languages um how incredible it is that some places and some words and some moments feel familiar feel like I've been here before, feel like I've done it. And it's almost like traveling is about remembering. It is about new experiences and adventure, but a big part of it is also remembering. And I never made that connection before with the Sag Moon until you just said it. It's fascinating.
1: Yeah, it's great. And yes, you know that remembering is part of learning. Because to learn, you have to connect with something you previously previously know know to connect to a, a new thing. So you have to remember to learn. So remembering is a very important part of of learning. So I wanted to tell you two things that arise me. Sometimes uh, talking to to parents or with, or with people that work with children, sometimes there's very simple things like, okay, this is the issue. Your son is fixed and you are cardinal. So... It's a nightmare sometimes. It's a very easy concept that cardinal parents, you know, Aries, Capricorn, you know, and with a Taurus, Scorpius, a Sun, you know, or Leo, you know, and with a lot of fixed energy and with cardinal parents that want to go hiking or the other way around. Very intellectual and or fixed parents with a very restless mars and cardinal child and the parents are very intellectual and they are googling they don't know what to do and they are not very practical and and so they 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 say this kid should have been born in a hiking family you know (laughs) in a family of hikers and he was born maybe from two intellectuals so sometimes Kids can change, you know, as we, as we 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 joke with other parents. Uh, so sometimes that 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 adjustment that you're a cardinal parent or fixed parent, and he or she is the other. And oh, that's that little bit of information can really do a lot for your expectation as a parent. Another thing I wanted to share with you, uh, Nadia, and your fabulous uh, audience is that recently I did a consultation with. Um, Colombian father who married a Filipino doctor a, whim, a woman and they had these two wonderful boys and they wanted to do a consultation about the boys and say what's the problem about the boys so the boys were screaming they were 4 and 6 year olds lovely boys and so the father went to put the the boys to bed and I stayed with the mom and she says um I don't understand his parenting style. As I said, we are Latino. We are very. So, so, this was beyond astrology. I tell him, don't worry. Your husband is a lion without tooth. Don't worry. We Latino are very enthusiastic and sometimes we scream and shout. I say, God, oh, what are you doing? You know, I'm in a you know. But it doesn't mean the same as in other cultures, you know. Uh, so, we are very passionate. And she. And that was, you know, the the father um, wrote to me, telling me, Thank you very much. My wife bought a teddy bear of a tiger to remind herself that I don't have a tooth, that I won't, that it's just, ah, nah, 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 nah. you know, it, it's just very fiery. You know, she understood it. So those little uh, interventions can help a lot to, to father. So if you're into astrology and, and you like uh, children's needle charts, regarding parenting and parent orientation, um, don't assume that you have to know a lot. You, with little interventions, uh, you can make huge changes. I don't know what you think about that, Nadia.
0: I absolutely love it because it isn't just about learning about your child and how to um, be a steward to their journey, but also it illuminates your own understanding of what kind of parent you are, what kind of parent you want to be, but also what the natural inclination might be as well. And then it all can work together to ultimately create even better relationships with uh, the children in your life and also the inner child within us, right? Like I, I'm thinking about how can okay, my parenting, st- uh, I'm thinking about again, my Sag Moon. I love my Sag Moon. It's the chart ruler. I love the Sag Moon. Yeah. Like I know that I need a lot of, like a lot of play time, right? A lot of freedom, but a lot of freedom, not just for its own sake, but to wander. There's nothing like wandering, Uh, with that mutable moon uh, that helps me feel that real sense of nurturing of myself and the inner child within me as well, that more elevated perspective. I literally sometimes when I'm in my trips and my travels or learning something new, the connections I make and the play that comes forward, the inner child that comes forward, wow, is that ever um, so healing, so needed. And so it's. I'm also just thinking about it. I'm just throwing this out there. We might be parents to children in our lives. We might be parents to the inner child within us, but we also might be both, right? It's not just that you're one or the other. You might be both, or you might have other children in your life that you really love and and want to be a part of, and the different things that motivate you to be a part of their lives, so there's so many ways in which to engage an understanding of children's astrology, even in your own chart as an adult
1: yeah uh, yes, and to yourself and the 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 mirror theory you know from the very early and fathers and mothers of astrology, Freud, Lacan, uh, up to date, the mirror theory. Every time, I know, you meet a child in an elevator, in a in a hiking trip in the park or walking your dog or just in a restaurant and you see you find this baby or this toddler or maybe teenager staring at you smile like just be a positive mirror to children in the world because they are the future sometimes they write me to as it may happen to you uh, through instagram or tiktok the younger generations and i say thanks for answering me and thanks for reading me i say why of course you are the future i have to listen to you you know, I have to to understand what's coming. And um, regarding that, I don't want to go too far from uh, open up more uh, subjects. But the house five, you no, know, um, excuse my auto referral. I have my fifth house is in Aries, Aries, Aries. Am I might say it right? Yeah. Aries, and I have Mars there. I have Mars in Taurus in my fifth house, and with Chiron, my firstborn is Moon in Taurus.
0: Conjunct Mars. Wow. Yes.
1: And okay, so that was uh, that was a roller coaster. You know, I've been running with yeah I've been running like crazy with a moon conjunct Mars. So the first child and the children in general that will attract you you will attract into your life but the children that you will breed if you want to uh, are, uh, the first one is as assigned to the first house and children in general the second child is the seventh house as you may know Nadia and in the seventh house I have saturn my second child is a moon in libra conjunct saturn <laughs> mm. so at the beginning i was oh no, why this, Mars first, Saturn the second time, what am I doing wrong? So I have to completely find new levels, but my second, because I have Chiron in my fifth house, uh, my second child has some health issues, thank goodness everything's fine, so it was, sometimes it's not uh, absolute determinism, but you know, if you have Chiron in the fifth, as I do, that's why i do this course i think because that's how i heal and how i i find a, a meaning and how i can continue uh, understanding how vulnerable being a mother was for me you know it was a very humbling and vulnerable uh, yes and first vulnerable and then strong because Chiron finds the resources you know it's a never it's a lifetime challenge but I, I have lots of tools now, especially I'm now at my Chiron return. So um which happens between 49 and 50 years old. So um my second child is a moon contact Saturn. So I I at the beginning I thought I was going to be too cold or whatever. That's usually you, as, you associate to moon Saturn, but then I realized I was the tutor, I was the mentor, I was the the one who uh, had to um Lend all my Saturn for him to be able to stand up for himself, you know, because what what we want as parents is autonomy, you know, to be able to to live without us. So I have to give. Uh, so maybe his first years. He's now thirteen. He's, yes, his first years were very hard for him because he needed lots of stimulation and very hard work on my behalf and of course my my husband. But But then uh, it was like carrying a cross, you know. But sometimes I ask him how how do you feel? uh, um, How to feel me as a mother? uh, To feel me, I don't ask him directly this, but you know, game and playing is the is the language of children. So uh, one way or the other, I ask him if he feels that I'm a cold mom or if I'm distant because of the Saturn. How he feels it, and it's completely the opposite. So it's like, no, no, you're too, too present Too (laughs) yes. No, even though there's a Saturn, it's like, uh, don't carry the cross for me. Let me do it alone. You know, so there's other levels. Very interesting. So fifth house, first child, seventh house, second child, and then you will go to the nine. You, you skip one house for each
0: child. Did you know that Nadia? I didn't know you skip one house for each child Isn't it fascinating to consider, right? Yeah, it's wonderful. Well,
1: what child are you? What what number of child are you?
0: um, I am the oldest. I am the first. I have Saturn in the first house. And actually, my dad is from a family of nine, and he's the oldest in his family. My mom is from a family of 10 siblings, and she's the oldest. And I am the first grandchild, I guess you could say, the first cousin of all the endless cousins and grandkids and everything. Yeah, it was I was the first <laughs> Saturn in the first house. I think that's what did it for me. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah I'm the eldest as well. Yes, yes, I understand. I'm the, the Saturnian. Usually, the first one is the son or daughter of the neurosis of the obsessive, and then you you start like you know the the the, the other kids are more are. Feel more free, you know, the second, the third, the fourth. You know, the first yeah. one is is a, the, the big icebreaker, you know.
0: Well, my last little bit of revelation that I want to share in talking to you is that, um, I have Libra on the cusp of the fifth house with um, Scorp- Scorpio intercepted, which means that the two ruling planets are Venus and Mars. Now, Venus is conjunct the moon in the sixth house in my chart, okay? So just for those students of astrology, so you can make sense, when the ruling planet of one area of life, which is the house, is in a different house, there's a connection between those two areas of life. The sixth house is of small animals of your pets. And I tell you, I love, love and have loved deeply the pets in my life. I never really felt like I needed to have children. I mean, I have Uranus in the fifth house. I really, that really wasn't needed or my thing or anything like that. But my God, do I ever ache to share my life with a dog? Um, And I so would do it if I wasn't such a free bird and needed to be so mobile, but I still consider it and I have stayed in relationships that are not very good because I love the dog. Like this has happened twice in recent years where it's really like, okay, this relationship is not working, but oh my God, I love this dog so much. I cannot be without this dog. But it's very important what you're saying
1: because I think you, if if, if you're how do you say when people are very judgmental you know yes when you can't you be of be, ourselves you, you cannot yeah. Be, no yeah if you're an astrologer you have to be you have to put aside all your lots of biases and judgmentals because um sometimes um mothers and fathers can um tell you for example it's very hard still nowadays and this is from personal experience and for from my friends and listening to so many consultations um, as a psychologist and as an astrologer and as, as both and as a person. And um, it's very hard still, still nowadays, 2024, to be uh, a mother alone with kids, you know. So in absence of abuse and of extreme things and dangerous things, in absence of that, I understand and I don't judge some person that, Even we don't like saying it, they stay because of the kids. You know, maybe it's very hard for a woman to be alone with the kids. You know, it's very hard. So maybe you have to gather strength, you have to gather resources, you got to see the timing. So sometimes people will tell you that and, oh no, you cannot do that to your children because uh, your happiness, you're going to burden them. Okay, it's not easy. It's not easy. So people open really up to you and you can go very deep uh, if they sense that you are not, or because of the dog, I cannot leave him because of the dog, you know. So you 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 can relate. I, I can understand.
0: <laughs> I can really relate. Yes. And you know,
1: my yeah yeah my third son, which uh, should be my ninth house. I mean, in my ninth house, I have a Virgo, and I have a dog, which is a female. So my 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 Nikita Scorpio's dog. It's in my ninth house. So where I have Virgo, which is a assigned a sign to sixth house, which is a pet ruler. So my third child is my Nikita, my dog.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, we do love. And the ways in which and the things that become our, our children uh, is uh, we're so fortunate in the modern world. We have those choices where we get to say, OK, Uh, I have all these children. Maybe you have actual kids. Maybe for me, I always felt like my books were my children or the pets are your children. But at least we have so much more freedom than ever before. And hopefully that'll spread to more and more people as they understand all the ways in which they actually do have children uh, that come from them in one way or another Um, Wow, what an incredible consideration with you, Victoria. I really enjoyed meeting you. Once again, everybody, Victoria is coming to Synchronicity University as part of the March 2024 Speaker Series. You've got just a little bit of time left from the time that this interview is publishing to choose your tuition rate. As well as just five dollars a class with our world famous choose your tuition rate at synchronicityuniversity.com. Victoria, thank you again. I loved meeting you. I loved this discussion. It was so fun. It was fabulous. Yes, it was fabulous, (laughs) wasn't it? it.
1: Yes, 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 yes. So know i really enjoyed and and i'm very passionate about about astrology and uh, to meet other fellow enthusiastic and uh i love sharing all my experience and i hope i i have a long lifetime to continue learning and and teaching you know because i'm because of my son in ninth house i love sharing you know so uh, and i love sharing my experience you know and cases and all that. So I'm very happy for this opportunity. Thank you, Nadia.
0: Oh, thank you, Victoria. And thank you again, everybody out there for watching. Until we connect again, take care. Bye.